Hi everybody, so I'm going to be doing a movie review um, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen Now, I mean, it's Venom So, uh, see, I don't know what to rate it In terms of general superhero movie, it's Three, maybe three and a half out of five, if I'm being honest here. And the reason why is that it's not a superhero. You know, Venom, the symbiote, uh, wants to be a superhero, but he's really brutal. Um, the, uh, the symbiote's I mean, really mentally and physically abusive. It's not like a, um, a good a good person by our standards. By symbiote standards, however, Venom is a very good being. <laughs> it's like, uh, given the standard of what symbiotes are, Venom is an incredibly good person. So... Like, if you want to compare superhero movies, it's three, three and a half out of five. If you want to compare vigilante movies based off of a comic, you know, like against Spawn and other stuff, it's easily four, four and a half out of five. So I want to put it there. Um, the f it, it's a lot of critics are trashing it, saying it offers nothing more than the original or the first Venom movie. Yeah, the first Venom movie is actually good. I put off seeing it because I didn't know if they pronounced symbiote correctly. Um, but uh, they did pronounce it correctly, and I should have seen it in the theater. It was actually a very good movie. Um, I'm glad that it survived some of the backlash from people saying pronounce symbiote correctly. <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, sorry I'm saying um a lot. I'm actually trying to stop myself from yawning. I'm kind of tired. So, Venom is PG-13. And a lot of people are saying, I'm not going to see it unless it's rated R. The difference between PG-13 and rated R would be the amount of blood and gore. So let's be real here. Carnage in the comics is an incredibly bloody and violent monster. It's so bloody and violent that a lot of comic book reviewers don't like the character. Uh, he does not fit with the Marvel Universe. He fits with the Spawn Universe. And when you realize that Spawn, or Venom was created by Todd McFarlane, and uh, Spawn uh, was created by Todd McFarlane, it kind of fits, right? They've, in the comics, they've fucked with the history of the symbiote so much. 
I, I don't even know where they stand right now. I think the Spider God still exists. Spider God did not originally exist. He was created after in a huge retcon. It's just, it's a mess. So, because there's a mess with the history of Venom and symbiotes, you can't do a straight adaptation. You need to sort of do a uh, Deadpool uh, type of adaptation. Where, or even an Iron Man adaptation. Where you take the core of the character and you basically get rid of everything else and you just try and introduce uh, the most successful focal point stories that you can. I mean, I guess that's true with all characters, uh, but with Venom specifically, uh, you really got to cut a lot of crap out. And I say that as a Venom fan. Uh, I've, um, I was collecting, I collected all of his miniseries until they stopped making them. Let me put it that way. So all of the miniseries in the 90s, from the very first one to the very last one, I've got them. They're mine. I don't know if I have the variant covers. I think I have a couple variant covers, not too many. So I really appreciated the references in there. I, I don't The only reference that they have in there that I don't think fit, but was still kind of funny, was the Blade Runner reference, right? It's kind of funny. Now, um, just because it fit, that's the spirit. You know, that, that scene where um, Rucker Hauer is uh, encouraging Harrison Ford to attack him. That's the spirit, right? Uh, there are some funny things, like one of the things that, that's shown in one of the trailers is Venom says, it's time to die, right? And Eddie Brock says, yeah, we're going to kick his ass. And Venom says, no, it, we are going to die. It is time for us to die. <laughs> he has no faith that he's going to win against Carnage. Uh, and that is true. It's absolutely true. In fact, the, the last two, the first Venom movie and the second Venom movie, Venom could not defeat the bad guy on his own. And that is incredibly true to these villains. You know, which also shows the strength of, uh, you know, like the good guys. And, and I like that thing, you know, where the good guys ne don't, can't necessarily do it on their own. What makes a good guy's good is that they have friendships and they have partnerships. And that's the reason why they're able to take down the bad guy. They're friends, they're partners, they're allies. Uh, even ones that they're not totally um, uh, friendly with. You know, they, they help them take them down. Uh, they changed the fate of a couple of the characters from the comics and I am glad they did because uh, the Venom comics got really fucking depressing 
And even at one point they killed Eddie off and then said, oh, wait, we didn't, you know? Um, so I'm glad that they changed the fate of a couple of the characters. It, the Shriek is really fucking amazing as Shriek. The, this woman is is awesome. She was the the young black captain in Pirates of the Caribbean. I wondered what happened to her. She's been in a ton of movies that I've seen and I didn't recognize her. Uh, like she was Money Penny in two of these Daniel Craig movies. Uh, I really liked her. She's she's fantastic. She was absolutely great as Shriek. You know, and Woody Harrelson, my God, the man has not aged one day in 30 years. He is the perfect Celtus Cassidy. And, uh, you know, some reviewers said that it's a weird performance. Yeah, you know, Celtus Cassidy in the comic book is a weird offbeat character. You can't put your finger on him. The way he acts and the way he behaves is so just slimy and sick. Something's wrong with him, you know? And Woody Harrelson nailed it. The way he delivers the lines, he's supposed to make you feel uneasy. And he absolutely does. And a lot of the reviewers didn't like that. They didn't like a villain that made you feel uneasy. Well, tough shit on them. What happens to, you know, at the end of Venom, they are definitely setting it up for uh, uh, Planet of the Symbiotes. Uh, So I have no doubt in my mind we are going to see Scream. Oh, I love that character. She is one of my favorite symbiotes and one of my favorite vigilantes of all time. She has been underused. I've just found out there was a trade paperback of her, though, so I am going to get that as soon as I have monies. Um, She's one of those characters who... uh, I mean, she's actually nicer than Venom. Uh, uh, You know, originally Venom was supposed to be a mentally imbalanced alien who was uh, a serial killer and his homeworld locked him up. Then they changed it so that Venom was actually the better of the symbiotes. And, uh, you know, in terms of mental stability. And I never really liked that. Um, So in the movie, Venom is definitely more mentally stable or the symbiote is more mentally stable than in the comics. And I, I like that. It's definitely better than I would have expected otherwise. Uh, anyway, I hope I'm not giving out any spoilers here. I mean, if you don't know who Venom is, then you don't know what Planet of the Symbiotes is. Okay, uh, if you do know what Venom is and you've seen the comics, yes, you're probably expecting some of these other characters to show up, and I have no doubt that they will, given how the ending of this movie played out. Um, Now, there is no direct indication that Scream is going to be in the next Venom film, 
but there is a very strong indirect emphasis that we will be seeing screen. I hope we will. Um, it's like the whole, uh, the, you know, a whole Venom story arc should deal with symbiotes. You know, I, it really should. Um, I'm not going to talk about the end credit scene. Uh, you know, it's not really an end end credit scene. The uh, the end credit scene I'm talking about. It's the it's the closest thing to an end credit scene. You do not need to stick through all the credits. Okay, uh, I've checked online. I checked everywhere. It's really a mid credit scene that you're seeing. Um, thank God, because I don't like sitting through 15 minutes of credits all the time just to see one little thing at the end, right? Especially since some of these movies actually have 22 minute long credits. <sighs> Fuck me. Know what I mean? Um, some people blame Marvel movies on end credit scenes, but that is not true at all. End credit scenes have a long history. Uh, you know, I, I forget which movies. I, I think Gremlins 2 had one. Um, Batman sort of had one. It was uh, a joke with Daffy Duck, if I recall correctly. Uh, anyway, so the point is, you know, Marvel just has been capitalizing on them. Unfortunately, Marvel has, I mean, obviously Ferris Bueller had one. Uh, and that was a real, it was a joke on the audience, right? Um, it's just Marvel sort of kind of used and abused the end credit scenes by having 22 minute long credits and yes credits have gotten longer uh, since the 80s uh, you know it's just um, uh, the nature of, of movies and having huge productions with thousands of people working on them and no, I'm not saying that those people don't belong in the credits. I'm just saying I'm glad that they didn't stick an end-in-credit scene on Venom. They have a mid-credit scene, and it's very fun. It's very enjoyable. Look it up if you want to know more about it. Um, some minor observations. DC missed the boat on nailing Woody Harrelson down as the Joker. He's a, he would have been a fucking amazing Joker. <laughs> He would have been. There was a little bit more Joker in Celtus Cassidy and how he behaved and how he moved his body than, yeah, I mean, well, in, in Woody Harrelson, Harrelson mostly played more Jokerish character than Celtus Cassidy in body language. That doesn't mean he's not a great Celtus Cassidy. He is a fantastic Celtus Cassidy. And it was only after watching Woody Harrelson did I realize. Celtus Cassidy and the Joker are basically the same fucking character. Except one likes to have jokes and gags. Celtus Cassidy just likes to have bags of guts. <laughs> so, I mean, just a lot of the behavior though a lot of the motive the motivations for the two characters are very very similar just the joker tends to be jokey uh Celtus cassidy or um in, in this movie yeah Celtus cassidy in this movie was not that jokey it was just i'm talking about body language here body language and how woody harrelson moved 
he would have been a perfect Joker. He's also perfect Celtic Cassidy. So take what you will from what I'm saying. I know, I know, if you're a fan of the comics, you're saying, you're crazy. Celtic Cassidy's nothing like the Joker. I'm telling you, watch this movie, you'll see what I'm saying. There is an overlap there in insanity. And if you're talking about the core concept of insanity, this is what you're doing. You know, this is what you're talking about, right? So, um, I'm glad Woody Harrelson was Celtus Cassidy. I'm glad that they changed his look a little bit from the uh, Venom, uh, the end of the first Venom movie. The end of the first Venom movie, they gave him wild hair that looked just like it does in the comic. You know what? The comic book was done in the 90s where people were really into big hair. I didn't like that look back then. I often avoided TV shows with where characters had that look. Because I couldn't stand looking at really ugly big hair, right? I love good looking hair. Okay? I, I really do love good looking hair. Uh, I do not like ugly big hair. So, um, I'm glad they changed his wig to a more manageable hair and, you know, what's his name is bald as a cue ball. Well, he's got a fantastic wig and it looks like his regular hair. So it props to the makeup department. (laughs) Uh... Anyway, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, here's another thing. Difference between rated R and PG-13. Listen, every kid out there would want to see the Venom movie. Every kid. No matter what. And Carnage is so bloody in the comic that I never looked forward to a Carnage uh, comic. Right? There were only a couple of them, like Maximum Carnage was actually a pretty decent series. And they just let them go free and, and tear up people and kill people and stuff. But they had a lot of good, uh, you know, it was uh, Spider-Man and Venom and the Avengers trying to stop Carnage, right? Uh, a, lot, a lot of good dialogue in that. But I, the way too much Carnage, I mean, you know, in terms of blood and guts... You can't have body counts without blood and guts, as I showed in the first Venom movie. And so, um, by making it PG-13, they removed a lot of blood. And that does two things. One, it makes sure that a lot of teenage kids who really want to see a movie get to see a movie. You could call it a light slasher movie, so there isn't too much blood. One, two... Whenever you, Carnage would have had so much blood, it would have been comical. Okay? So, one, I'm glad that they increased the ticket sales. Two, they didn't reduce the body count. Three, by t- sticking in PG-13, they prevented comical blood displays that would have really made the movie look stupid. I mean, don't forget what happened to Spawn. Spawn was a rated R movie. Okay? And it basically bombed because it couldn't get the ticket sales. End of story. 
and they didn't really need to have it rated R. And uh, four, uh, it didn't put me off. <laughs> uh, so I think it was really good. They they have every a lot of things in there. Um, the only thing that that you're missing because of a lack of blood. Oh yeah, um, five. Uh, no need to do CG blood. CG blood is really bad in a lot of instances because you have so much. You have to do practical and you have to do CG and uh, it. It erases a lot of headache for the film, for the film director, for the production. So I'm glad that they kept it as PG-13. I really am. The only drawback, you know, if you if you say, well, they didn't have blood, so that's a drawback. Okay. Well, then the only other drawback is Carnage has these bladed tendrils. You don't see him stabbing or cutting people up with his blades. But you did get to see his bladed tornado. This is really fucking cool. And they managed to do it where he killed a bunch of people without spreading blood everywhere just because the tor- he's red himself, so the tornado was red. I thought it was really cool. Um, they're paying atten- they paid attention to all the good things that made the Venom comic book. Uh, Venom is a little bit of kind of jokey himself, so he wants to be the lethal protector. So, so he thinks of himself as a superhero, which is good. You know, and Eddie Brock tries to tell him, "You're not really a superhero," um, but you know, it, it's it's a funny exchange. Um, you see, uh, Celtus Cassidy tapping into the internet. Without explanation, they don't need to explain everything in a fucking movie. Critics who say, why did he get these powers? Dude, shut the fuck up. That's why, you know, you're not... The fact that they showed it is a callback to uh, the comics, okay? And you don't need to have it explained. Just accept it for what it is. Because guess what? They didn't explain it in the comics either. (laughs) Uh, So in the comics, there's this really fucking fucking terrible story where Venom and Carnage send their tendrils through the internet and literally fight in cyberspace because they can enter the electrical domain of the internet. Oh, it's a bad story. It's a very, very, very bad story. And it's very, very stupid how they show it. And it's very, very stupid in how they explain it. And there's no way that they could explain what Carnage does in this movie without it sounding really stupid. So them not explaining it is a major plus. Them showing it is also a plus. Because you see Carnage tap into a computer system by sending its tendrils into the computer. You're like wondering, how the fuck do you do that? He doesn't explain it. Just accept it. It's a reference to a comic. You don't need to know anything else. It also shows how versatile the Carnage symbiote is and how fucking crazy it is. So, crazy powerful. I actually liked the fact that they showed it. It's 
less than 30 seconds. It moves the plot along, and it's an amusing callback to those who know. Uh, if you're one of those moviegoers that needs everything explained, and why are you fucking watching comic books, movies? That's the first question I have. Just stop. Just fucking stop. Like, nobody has been able to explain Superman using that cellophane S in Superman 2 off his, off his um, suit. It doesn't, like, what the fuck, right? This giant cellophane S appears and wraps up Non. Nobody explains it. No, just leave it. <laughs> just fucking leave it. Uh, accept it for what it is and leave it. Um, so there is one point that I want to make. A lot of people out there who are trying to say, it's confirmed Eddie and, Br- and, and Venom are in love. They are a gay couple. It's not confirmed at all. They are the odd couple. Andy Serkis even says that. He says, they're the odd couple. Oscar and Felix. And Oscar and Felix and the odd couple have said and said a couple times, I love you, right? I love you, right? Like two guys saying that. There is something in the gay community that I I kind of understand why some members in the gay community do it. But it's wrong. They say everybody is a little gay, right? Because they don't quite understand. Heterosexual people can say I love you to somebody without it having any sexual context to it. Under no circumstances is there any sexual gay context between the relationship of Eddie and the symbiote. The symbiote depends on Eddie to survive. Because it really is like a parasite. Eddie, in the comics actually, Eddie also requires the symbiote to survive because he becomes biologically dependent. They will literally die if they separate for too long. Although I think they kind of changed that in recent years. the Venom symbiote possesses a guy who's gay and walks into a gay uh, nightclub. What the symbiote says, it makes some jokes about being in the closet, but he is bonded with a gay human. So that's where the symbiote is picking up all of these gay references. First of all, if anybody knows anything about Venom, they know that that is how the symbiote reacts with different, it reacts differently with different hosts. So of course, if he's in a gay, a gay man or woman, he will take the respective perspectives. That's why Bride of Venom, uh, I mean, it really fucked up Anne in that comic. I really hate what they did in the comic with that. Um, Bride of Venom behaves more like a feminine creature uh, than Venom does when he's with Brock, who behaves more like a masculine creature. Okay? It's like a reflection of the interior thought process. Having said that, when Ven- what Venom says is, Eddie kept me in the closet. Why cannot, uh, why cannot humans and aliens exist and coexist together and accept each other. 
So he's talking about being an alien and being held back. It has no gay context except that he's in a gay nightclub. And the host that Venom has occupied is thinking about, you know, I mean, he's, he's a gay man. He has a perception of being gay in a heterosexual world. Okay, so that's why Venom uses that. So now it's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. And what Venom is saying is saying, we are all alike. We all want to be accepted, right? He actually says that, right? So Venom is comparing his plight of hiding from the authorities with the plight of those in the LGBT community. Doesn't mean Venom's gay. In fact, Venom really, you know, it's really in tune to Eddie having the hots, serious hots, for women. And in terms of any other dialogue, it's no different than the odd couple. Felix and Oscar. Okay? Now, to any of my listeners who past, present, future, who may be gay, listen, it's, it's something that uh, I know some people I've known, they didn't quite get it. I mean, they don't quite understand how a man cannot be attracted to another man in any way shape or form I've shared personal stories about that uh, a personal story about that it's just a fact okay <laughs> um, it's just a fact that doesn't mean that you can't care for somebody that you are not sexually attracted to okay so to the listeners out there, the reviewers, the critics who say, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a romance story between two men. Like, no, no. Even Andy Serkis put that to bed when he gave his, his junket. He said, they are the perfect odd couple, Felix and Oscar. That's exactly how they're written. That's exactly how they're portrayed. Doesn't mean that they can't care for each other. One. Two, let's say they were, quote, in love. Okay, the symbiote is androgynous. The symbiote is not male or female. Okay. The symbiote might reflect an identity of the individual it possesses, but the symbiote itself is self-propagating. That's what this movie is all about. Carnage is the son. I say son. That's wrong. Carnage is the offspring. In fact, in the comics, if you read it, Carnage doesn't say son, right? I just, you get the male image because Celtus Cassidy is male. But Carnage, the symbiote itself, says, I am the offspring of Venom. There is no gender there. There is no male, there is no female. All symbiotes are genderless. They reproduce by creating seeds. Asexual reproduction. Okay? They, they, there's no male side or female side. There are no testes and ovaries. They just create little seeds. Um, one. Two. Venom is an alien, not a human. So there's no... 
There's no way you can equate. You just can't equate LGBT with venom. You, in the strictest sense. Now, what venom says in the nightclub is actually really important, and that that, that's that's beyond LGBT. It's venom was being kept suppressed by Eddie for fear of venom being found out. That's basically also what happens in the first movie, okay? First movie, second movie, same thing. Okay, this is not a spoiler. Um, Venom says, we should all work together, right? That's what he says. I'm doing the voice as best I can. I actually kind of like how they did the voice. Um, I like that. I like that because that's a powerful message. You don't have to be LGBT to to join up with the LGBT, uh, and to get the LGBT movement to work with them to say, listen, I've experienced this. We should work together. There are people in Black Lives Matters that are really bigoted against LGBT, and there are LGBT that are really bigoted against Black Lives Matters. Uh, same thing with La Raza. Same thing with other, etc., 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 etc. Right. The point that Venom is making is that Venom feels like he's being constrained because he's an alien, so he's a special minority group, right? And uh, he's enjoying the nightclub. He says, you guys, I have something similar to you guys, and you guys have something similar to me. Let us all join together. That's a great message. That's a fantastic message. That's actually a better message than if he was gay. Because that means that you don't have to be gay to support gay rights. And you don't have to be gay to have gay rights support your rights. I don't understand why people are trying to forcibly insert something that doesn't belong just to justify helping them out. You don't have to justify helping somebody out. If their rights are being violated, you should help them out because that's the right thing to fucking do. End of story. So that's my criticism for people going on and on and on about Eddie and and, bro, and Venom are gay. Like, no, they aren't. You missed the entire fucking point. Now, obviously they got a, a fucked up relationship, which is part of the thing that Eddie was saying. If you live in my body, you have to live by my rules because it is a fucked up relationship. I mean, you saw in the in one of the previews, Ed, uh, Venom says, I'm sorry, let me heal it so I can break it again. Right? He's beating the crap out of Eddie. They are having a fight. It is a very violent fight. It is not a mentally healthy fight for an actual couple. Now, what they are, they're basically forced to live together. Like the odd couple, they have to deal with each other, and they do care about each other. They actually do. Venom, as revealed in the first movie, Venom cares about what happens to Eddie. That's how the second movie begins. And Eddie actually does care about what happens to Venom. But they weren't communicating, right? They're not going to be having sex with each other anytime soon. (laughs) And the seed that spawned Carnage was not the seed as a result of them fucking each other in bed. Okay? For a billion fucking reasons it is not 
So that's my review of Venom. The special effects are absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just fun. I, I uh, is it better than the first one? It is exactly as good as the first one. It's not better. It's not worse. Um, if you enjoyed the first one, you're going to enjoy the hell out of this one. Maybe Carnage is your favorite character. Maybe Shriek is your favorite character. So you're going to enjoy it more. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, as someone who just loves Venom in general, I I enjoyed both of them. Exactly the same. They they are fantastic. Quality did not dip. Uh, I enjoyed both of them. I thought the scripts were unique for both of them. I thought actually, Carnage's plot is really good. Uh, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, Aspects I didn't like. Aspects of the first one I didn't like. Uh, It's it's, it's a great show. So for a Venom show, 9 out of 10. 4, 4.5 out of 5. As far as a regular superhero movie, eh, three, three and a half out of five. I mean, which am I going to watch? If I'm in the mood for Captain America, a real superhero movie, I'm going to watch Captain America or I'm going to watch uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman. Or Superman 2. If I'm in the mood for a vigilante movie, Venom. So, um, yeah, go see it. I mean, if you like the first one, go see it. If you hate the first one, gonna hate this one. Have fun. Take care. Love you all. Bye. Oh, yeah. And when I say I love you all, speaking to everybody, man, woman, whatever. So I care about all of you. Okay? Doesn't mean I want to go to bed with you guys. <laughs> oh, God. People misconstruing the word love. Uh, anyway, you guys take care.